You're listening to episode number three of the Faith in Real Life podcast. The current sermon series is on discipleship. And this past Sunday, Pastor John talked about apprenticeship, which is sort of a fancy term that refers to making disciples. The Faith in Real Life podcast is all about taking Sunday sermon from the pew to everyday life. I'm your co-host, James Thompson. And I'm your other co-host, Amy Dalkey. Amy and I sit down each week following Sunday's sermon to discuss how God used the word to instruct us, correct us, or to reshape our thoughts according to truth. Pastor John is also here to offer feedback on how James and I are living out, or not living out, this discipleship thing. It's like sitting with a professor after they've given a lecture, sort of. Today we're talking about discipleship, and the text for this sermon was Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. If you haven't listened to this sermon, you can find it on the Faith UMC Facebook page, or if you just want a snapshot of kind of what it was about, you can access the summary online at faithumc.org. This week's sermon was about apprenticeship, and to sum it up, there is always a better way of doing things. Uh, Need someone to show us how to do it, to come alongside us and uh, show us uh, a better way. Barnabas taught Paul, and then Paul taught Timothy. Discipleship is leadership development. You're not actually a disciple if you're not being a disciple maker. And John thought about how many people have actually influenced him in his life and mentored him, and he came up with a number of 25. I did the same thing and came up with far less. Um, Important to have a Barnabas and a Timothy. And that was the summary. Awesome. So, I thought I had an idea of how we were supposed to do this, but since you kind of organized your thoughts much better, I'm going to let you take the lead. All right. Well, John challenged us with, it is important to have a Barnabas and a Timothy. So I thought, okay, what does it mean to be a Barnabas if I have to be one to someone else? Um, So what I did initially was to, I went to Bible Gateway with my favorite website, um, and I looked up. Uh, scriptures dealing with Barnabas. Um, and I, I found Acts chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. And I'll read that real quick. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So, Having listened to that, what are some traits that you think that Barnabas had that we should emulate? Well, I have a cheat sheet <laughs> in verse. Um, so Barnabas was, he was glad about what the grace of God had done, right? And he had seen it. He'd, he'd seen the work that God had done. He had seen it kind of played out in the lives of others. Um, and he was... In encouraging, he he was the one who came alongside Paul, and and when they were at that, um, where was it? Like Acts fifteen ish, they were in the Jerusalem Council, and Barnabas is the one that kind of gave, like, spoke up for Paul. He was Paul's champion in in that meeting, um, and that was sort of a big deal. When I was looking at Barnabas, I actually read a commentary that was talking about Barnabas would have would have figured out pretty quick that his apprentice, Paul, was going to surpass him in his abilities, um, in his ability to debate, um, in his speaking skills. I mean, and, and that, you know, this would probably lead a lot of us to become jealous. 
but right. that we didn't have that. We don't see that from Barnabas because, you know, we're all, he was focused on the goal. And this, this passage said, he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done and was glad. So, I mean, it was all about what God was doing. And if Paul could advance that, that's great. I mean, he, he didn't take it personally. And I, I think that is probably some place that I would probably have an issue if I'm apprenticing somebody mm. and they do a lot better than me. Um, I guess on one hand, I'd like to take credit. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'd probably be a little concerned like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm right. not equal to the task. You know, actually, that at so there was a point where where Paul and Barnabas kind of split off and went different ways, right? And it just occurred to me that when so that was kind of because Paul wasn't, I guess Mark had done something and to annoy Paul, right? We don't know what it was, but there was some conflict there, and Paul went one way, and then Barnabas took Mark, who I think was his cousin, right, or something. And yes, yes, I think that's right. So he he took Mark and then he went on and discipled Mark. So, you know, he he Paul went his way because he had kind of been grown up and was going to carry out his mission. And then Barnabas just took another disciple. Which is just really who he was. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even though John Mark had done whatever he had done, that as he said, we didn't know what it was. We don't know what it was. Um, it was bad enough that Paul would say, I can't take him with us anymore. Right. But Barnabas was such an encourager mm -hmm. and such a champion for, uh, for mm -hmm. those who are younger in the faith that he, he said, well, I'm going to take him anyway. And one of the things I love about that split is that even though it's kind of there's kind of a sadness in it I right. mean if I put myself into the story I'm kind mm -hmm. of like oh how sad you know they Barnabas and right. Paul have been together for so long but mm -hmm. by their splitting it just ended up that the the kingdom was advanced even further right. because Barnabas continued to encourage and Paul um, took that on with uh, well he had Silas in that moment and then in the next chapter we we meet Timothy well and I guess you know, now would be a good time to think, have we done that for someone else? Have you been a Barnabas to somebody? Um, and I was trying to think about this, you know, before today, and I was talking to my wife, and I, you know, the opportunity that I have every day is my children and people inside my household. Um, and I, I, I try with them, um, and I hope, you know, and this is where I go, I hope that they're like Paul. I mean, I hope that they will be, you know, that my children will be better in, 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 than I am and that they will have a, a closer relationship um, and they will be able to disciple and, and do those things for others. But I think outside of my house, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I think I'm probably failing um, in mentoring other people. It seems that to me that it, it is the case that God wants for us to, if we have children, that they are the right. ones that we are called to disciple uh, first and mm -hmm. foremost, that they are the most important Timothys in our life. And, um, and I was thinking about my own, on my list of 25 that you mentioned that I'd said I had 25, uh, on my list of 25, the very first person on my list is my dad and then my mom. Mm -hmm. But my dad, uh, for some reason, his, he just stands out more to me. My mom was very supportive and encouraging, but my dad set an example. Mm -hmm. And I could not recall a single line 
of something he told me probably. Um, I mean, I can remember we sat and we had conversations, but what, what my dad did that was so vital for, for my encouragement was, um, he lived the faith in front of me. And, uh, one of the most striking images that I have in my mind from when I was a kid, uh, we, I would get up early in the morning. I was an, I've always been an early riser and I can remember walking down the stairs and, and then as we came, as I came down the stairs, right in front of the stairwell was the, the living room area. Mm -hmm. And I can see my dad in prayer mm -hmm. every morning, um, with his Bible, with his journal, mm -hmm. just quietly doing his thing. He never told me, Oh John, you need right. to get up and read your Bible every right. day. And you need to journal every day. He never actually said that, but I saw it every day. And so that spoke more to me than anything he would ever say. I think that's, um, that's really where the power of um, being a Barnabas for our right. kids really comes, is when they see what we do rather than... Because um, if we tell them one thing and right. then we act completely differently, they're... Um, what would you call it? I'm... It's a disintegration. I mean, it's yeah. like a, there's a gap between your, your, what you say you believe and then what you live. Like right. between your, what is it? Um, never mind. I had it in my head. We, we are the inadvertent Barnabas. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing it one way, you know, we're doing whether we like it or not. I mean, these people exactly. are, these little ones are watching. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that <laughs> because yeah. I can talk all day long about what Luke, should do and how he should act, but if he sees me acting in a different way, then... I was reminded of this this morning when I was telling my kids to clean their rooms, and, and Missy said, um, you know, your your room's not, your office is kind of dirty. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> So she was, uh, I don't know that you're, uh, we're setting a good example on, mm -hmm. on uh, other, you know... We're just we're just making noise if we're not we're not setting the example mm -hmm. uh, by our actions. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. This makes me think of in terms of who who we've kind of taken as our Timothys, aside from our children. I'm in a small group, and I think that it's a group of women at really all different levels, and within that group, I. I see myself, you know, being mentored and also mentoring. And I don't know, through that group, I've, it, it's made me realize that all of the, the yuck that I have grown from, um, all the mistakes and like the just years of foolishness, I guess, like those things aren't gone to waste when mm. we have a Timothy because it's like, we can pour wisdom into others. That's one of the, I guess, the benefits that I've seen. Um, maybe save people from doing things the wrong way. That makes sense. It does. Um, you know, my reunion group, we also have, um, you know, people that have, that have, you know, been walking in their faith for years and decades. And some of the guys are retired. Some of the guys... Uh, wish they could, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the other of us have small kids and, um, you know, we all have different stages and I think to draw on that experience or to be able to at least give some insight is, is nice. Um, but then that also comes, you know, uh, as to the Timothy, 
you know, what, what traits did Timothy have when it came to, to, to being taught? That's a good point. That's interesting, yeah. Well, you have to, he, Timothy has to be somebody who is willing, right? And, and humble. Um, well, somebody who trusts. The, has to be open to the, right. to the Paul's right. taking him. And I mean, he, there he was living in Lystra and Paul comes along and sees that he's a man of faith and then has him go through a very literally painful experience mm -hmm. before he can go on uh, the travel with him. And then eventually he's placed in Ephesus where he becomes the church leader there. But all of that, I think, came from him being willing mm -hmm. to be instructed and be willing to be mentored. And what, and what John's referring to is he, Paul took him, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I read the verse, I was like, Paul took him and, and he was circumcised. Right. Because he hadn't been, his, his, his heritage had not led him to that place, but Paul took him and uh, what I had read was that probably was going to help him in his work as a missionary getting that done. Gives him credibility. Yes. And so I was thinking, well, what, what kind of traits can we see from Timothy right there? And so the list that I could come up with, just a couple of them was, he was willing to follow instructions. So Paul comes and says, hey, this needs to be done. Um, and so that kind of told me that he was willing to give up mm -hmm. himself. To, to really, you know, to, to go through that. And to, you know, to, to put the, the, the greater goal in mind. You know, this will help me. Spread the word, you know, and, yeah. and and get people saved. And so he was willing to do that. He yes. was he was open to it. I mean, you know, I'm sure that was not something that just everyone be would be willing to immediately do um, for the the goal at hand. And so I think you've got to be walking in the same direction. I mean, you've got to be receptive. And I think that's where when I try to sort of equate this to me, I probably fail in being. Uh, being a Timothy when people are trying to be a Barnabas to me. Mm. Um, you know, have you, have you ever thought about it later where, you know what, that person was trying to mentor me and I just missed it. Or mm. somebody's trying to mentor you and like, you know what, I'm good. I don't think so. I, I can't think of anything. Um, I think I've all, I've always come from the perspective that, I like, this is where I want to go. Like I have, and this is, I, I don't know everything in me. Like I don't have the knowledge to get there. Does I think you, sense? I would say just that you have a teachable spirit. You're a teachable yeah. person, which if I'm ever looking for somebody to mentor, I look for somebody who's teachable because mm -hmm. I don't want to waste my time with somebody who's not teachable. Right. And I know in my own life, I, I've had experience times there have been certain relationships where I've just been very unteachable and then others where I've been really open to it I was thinking about like my dad without him really even maybe meaning to he was he taught me a lot about the faith but when it came to learning how to play golf I was so resistant to him yeah. and if he told me to do one thing and it was exactly what the golf coach had told me to do I wouldn't do it because my dad yeah. told me but I would do it because the coach did I mean, that's kind of a Well, you've just silly explained Larry's relationship with Luke to a T. Uh, um, yeah. No, I get that. Um, it, it occurred to me when you were talking about, when you said that I had a teachable spirit, that has also gotten me into trouble because I'm so willing to, to learn mm. that 
I have to be very careful about who I listen to. Oh, wow. And I mean, that in itself, really, over the last couple of years, has taught me to be um, really, really discerning on okay, so are they, are they in the truth, or does what they're telling me, does it conflict at all? And I think that's important. Mm. You know, that if you are, if, if you're mentoring somebody, then you really need to know the truth mm-hmm. True. and always point it back to the word. And if you're being mentored, you always need to check what your mentor is saying True. by the truth. And I, and I guess I was thinking about, you know, in the, in the verses that you said, like Timothy had a reputation. I mean, there was, I guess, and I don't know what, you know, exactly what that entailed, but I'm assuming that that was probably part of the reason why Paul was drawn to him is that, you know, this guy is, 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 is ready for right. learning and ready to take on this mission um, and, you know, ready to lead. I mean, um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he had those traits that everyone knew about, which is the reason why Paul sought him out. That's probably true. Maybe. And I, you know, I w- you asked the question a little bit ago, um, have you ever realized later that somebody was trying to mentor you and you missed it? And I can definitely say that. I mean, the golf thing was just a silly Mm -hmm. little example, but I can definitely look back and see, oh my goodness, I totally missed out on what that person Mm -hmm. could have taught me if I had been open to them and and received it. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's interesting how that works. But I think a lot of it has to do with trust, that that there there has to be this foundation of trust between the one being mentored and the, the one that is mentoring them. And Timothy obviously had a lot of trust in Paul to be, I mean, to go through circumcision as an, as a young adult. That's pretty huge. Well, I was thinking, um, you know, in, in certain contexts of my life, I've done this. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll seek out someone who has skills that I want to learn or, or, or you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, in my professional life, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of branching out into the areas that I practice and, in order to do that, I've actually sought out mentors for um, a different type of law that I'm trying to learn, and so then I can ask questions along the way. Um, so as I go through the as I go through the different kind of case at each step, I can refer to that person and say, "Hey, what about this? This and this? Why is this done?" And they'll answer all those questions and kind of walk with me through it. Um, and a lot of the stuff I do, you know, it's a pro bono case, so someone's getting the benefit of my learning process. Um, so I'm actually, you know, using those skills to help somebody else. But in the meantime, I'm actually learning. And and part of that is I'm, I'm wanting to learn this area of the law. But I don't necessarily do that. And I, I can't recall that I've done that deliberately in sort of my spiritual life. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of examples in this church where you see, you know what, this guy can help me if I've got a, a marriage issue or if I've right. got, you know, his kids have seemed to all you know, walk with the Lord and, you know, they've all gone through the, the gauntlet of high school and college and have come out the other side. What did they do that I can learn from? Um, and I just, they're a resource that I have not utilized. So I've been thinking a lot about this whole thing because um, as the lead pastor of the church, I feel like I have a responsibility, obviously, I guess every pastor should feel the responsibility to make sure that their church is making disciples. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking through like, well, what could I do or how can, what could I um, bring into the life of the church to, to foster more right. mentoring relationships 
And because uh, if I if I envision a church where everybody in the church has both a Barnabas right. and a Timothy, then I'm envisioning a church that is powerfully going about right. making disciples. And uh, and so I'm I'm excited to think that the Holy Spirit has some things in mm-hmm. store for this church to do that in a more intentional way. Right. You mentioned in the sermon that it doesn't have to be intentional, and I agree. I don't think that it, I I mean, it has to be intentional, but it doesn't have to be a program. It doesn't have to be formalized. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll tell you that one of the best experiences that I've ever had, and I still follow kind of the format to this day, is when I was in college, um, there was a lady who kind of, she was the college minister's wife. And she took five of us, five women, five college-age girls, uh, my peers and, and me, and we met once a week, and we went through this um, curric- it, curriculum, I guess would be the right term. It was called One-on-One with God. Oh, cool. And it was, it, it was teaching you how, how to pattern your life as a disciple. Wow. And it was fantastic. I, I need mean, to get a copy. I still have like a little four huh. by six laminated card huh. that like is daily that I, I quote in my head by memory now, like in the mornings of, and it's, it's like, um, Are they affirmations? It is, but it's scriptural. It's like, it, it's like, this is who I am. And because this is who I am, this is what I do. And I've, I tried to incorporate that some with Luke, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's the coolest thing. And it's not, it's not geared towards just women. I mean, it can be used with men also. Sure. So. I, th- you know, and I, I'm a huge fan of Emmaus. We've talked about Emmaus. Mm-hmm. I think Emmaus, it, well, Emmaus, the purpose of Emmaus was to develop leaders. Right. So in a sense, what Emmaus is, is an apprenticeship mm-hmm. program. Uh, it's done through this weekend experience, mm-hmm. but the the way that Emmaus lays out here are the mm-hmm. here are the fi- the activities of the life of a disciple. You get all those talks with the theology. I don't, am I allowed to talk about Emmaus? Yeah, it's okay. a series it's, of fifteen talks. Fifteen yeah. talks, no secrets. No. And um, <laughs> and um, but but then those you know those talks at the end of the weekend that come about like. Um, I, it's been a while since I worked a lot, so you'll have to remind me. But there, there are those talks that talk about like here are the things that you should be doing in your life. Right, are so great. But I think the the true power of Emmaus comes in the reunion group, because in the reunion group, you you have this accountability that comes, and if you're following the card that has all of the questions, you're essentially as a group. Uh, going through an apprenticeship and a development. And hopefully within that group, you've got, in most groups, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, that you've got people who are further down the road than others. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's such a, a systematized way of developing people. Right. Um, and if I were to write a list of the people that I think that I've had as Timothys, I, I'm pretty sure that a number of the people on that list would be people that I've sponsored on a walk. Right. And then have gotten into a reunion group afterward. So I think it's a good... Anyway, yeah. that's my commercial for Emmaus. Right. But. Yeah, I like it. Um, we're big Emmaus people. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't talk enough about... I've been meeting with my group at Cracker Barrel every Tuesday morning for the last, you know, three years. And we, 
whenever someone faces an issue or in their life or and they've usually there's somebody there and almost invariably mm-hmm. there's somebody there with the biblical response mm. that may not be popular mm-hmm. um which may not you know be pleasant but there is somebody right. there who will be sort of a collective uh, Barnabas or a collective Paul to Timothy kind of deal and say hey scripture says this you may want to do this you may want to do this your emotions may want mm-hmm. you to do this but this is the way um and they'll challenge you know have you gone to your you know have you prayed about it have you gone to your bible and you know it's an account it, they hold you accountable but it's also sort of reinforcing you know the answers are in the in the word mm-hmm. let's go look for them um and then you know you can be an example to someone else so i i think it's great i think um i've been held uh to to a higher standard because of that group and i think that's that's you know probably what we're dealing with here is is you know in that training in the apprenticeship you know you're you're learning how to do things correctly mm-hmm. and if that's going back to the word you know you mm-hmm. gave the example of 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 being a making violins mm-hmm. um you know there's there's a there's a there's a proper way right. to do it yes. um if you have any questions let's you know, go back to the start. Let's do this. Walk through it, um, and I think those guys help you out, or at least right. they help me out. I, you totally hit on something that I've been thinking just throughout this whole discipleship thing, and we discussed it briefly earlier. But um, when John said in the sermon that this, like, when God gave the law through Moses, like he, it was basically God saying, "Live this way," and it will go well with you, right? And I started thinking about that, and it, it actually it, this goes all the way back to to Genesis when God made man in His image, and then man was supposed to be fruitful and multiply. And that that fruitfulness, that that multiplication, I guess, isn't just multiplication in terms of more babies being born, and you know, multiplying actual actually physically. It's also like we're to, we are image bearers and we are to grow more image bearers so that in this world, we are growing more people who reflect the heart of God. Mm. And I think we're all, all, I just know for me personally, where the rub always is, is I want to insist on my own way and not listen to God's way, even though I know that like intellectually that God's way is best, right? So we need people in our lives who are going to encourage us and and turn us back towards the word and because that's really how it goes well with us right i think we're just by nature very very stubborn people so well if we go back to the verse that we talked about barnabas he wasn't just encouraging just to be encouraging he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Yes, I mean, there was, nailed it. That was that was the goal of his encouragement. I mean, his encouragement, encouragement attitude, his mm-hmm. encouraging attitude was for a particular reason. It was, you know, God based, right? Um, Definitely. And I think that's what that's what the Iranian group is mm-hmm. helpful for. Is it? It kind of keeps the focus. I mean, it keeps mm-hmm. the goal in front of us. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I was thinking about one of the people that mentors me is a man who lives in Dallas and he he coaches lots and lots of clergy. So he 
his whole life is about encouraging clergy, but he does it professionally, and he gets paid to be a coach. But he, several years back, decided to take me under his wing for free. So he doesn't coach me for his work. He just coaches me because he wants to. And I've always had this thing, this feeling of like, guilt almost for uh-huh. like taking up his time like I, I i i hesitate to call him because i'm i'm thinking i don't want to call him and use up his time that he could be spending with somebody else but the thing of it is that i just that i clicked to is that his the reason why he has taken me under his wing is not because he thinks that john stevenson is so wonderful and great mm-hmm. although he probably does um <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it's more because same thing as barnabas he wants, he truly wants God to mm-hmm. be glorified in this world, and he wants people to mm-hmm. be brought into relationship with God, and so he sees, if I encourage John, then that can happen right. more, right. Um, which is pretty cool. So have you, what are your thoughts on this? Like, as the church, we are to um, be disciple makers, and, but what if we're not fulfilling that call? Then what, what does that mean for the church? in, you know, two generations from now, or even one generation from now? Well, so, and that, that's a, that's a great question. And, and it's one of the, one of the troubling uh-huh. observations about Christianity mm-hmm. in North America. If you look at the statistics, Christianity in America is on the decline. Right. And, right. and it, all I can think is the reason why Christianity in America is in decline, it's not because of soccer on Sunday mornings, probably. It's, thank you, thank you for that. No, it's because of baseball. <laughs> um, it's not because of cultural... It, I mean, we want to right. blame culture right. around us, yeah. but the real deal is people have stopped making disciples. Right. Or Anything that have, starts in the home. Exactly, like, yeah. I think I read a study one time, or, or saw the results of a study, that talked about how you know this generation is further away. I mean, when I grew up, people that didn't even really, how do I say that without sounding like a jerk? Um, people that, people, everybody went to church, right? Right. Everybody went to church. You had some people that didn't, but most everybody did. And then now you get, you know, society today, it's becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. And this particular study talked about the link between um, the parents weren't living it out, basically. Uh-huh. It's like the people who talked church and and went to church and lived Jesus, their children caught it. Mm-hmm. The people who had a discrepancy between the way that they lived and what they taught, that their children were like, what? Why do I want Jesus? Does right. he really work for you? Right. And so I think that's the issue. Yes, I think you're right. And actually, our I think it was our, our bishop, Bishop Scott Jones, I heard him speaking once, and he said that he, in his assessment, based on whatever, um, he doesn't believe that there are <clears throat> any fewer disciple makers than there were when everybody went to church. It's, it's just that the people who were going to church because it mm-hmm. was the social expectation, yeah, right. now that that social expectation that has sense. been removed, you actually don't have fewer disciple mm-hmm. makers. Yeah. You just have fewer church attenders. 
And so from that point of view, it, I mean, it kind of works against the thing that I said earlier about mm-hmm. Christianity in America, but um, I just think that's an yeah. interesting thing. The way I look at it is that each generation has the call to pass on the baton, right? It's, we're all in this race and we've got this cloud of witnesses that came ahead of us and they endured and they persevered and they lived by the truth and they carried on, they passed it down. So we have the baton now. And I don't know, it's kind of, it's one of those things that I am so passionate about is I don't want to be known as the generation that dropped the baton, right. like that didn't do it, that didn't remain true to the faith. Mm-hmm. What's so fascinating to me in, in reading church history is that there are um, these moments when um, the church at large, the, the institutional mm-hmm. church, has gone way off the beaten track. I mean, like, way, way bad. And yet, at the same time, in, in that same historical period, you'll have these these little tiny movements mm. that are almost secret. It's like the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. says, like the we're remnant. not done yet. Like the, what? Like the remnant principle, right? Exactly, like the... yeah, which is cool. So, so then, uh, you know, how do we, which is why the sermon series is coming up, why, why right. you know, we need to be deliberate or need to know how to make disciples, and you've given us the four steps. Um, so, I mean, we need, and I guess for me, I need to deliberately think about how to be a Barnabas, and then, and then more importantly, I guess, you know, how to, to be a Timothy mm-hmm. um, for my own personal growth. And I guess that's the challenge for this week, is to how we do that. Man, I think it's, it, it, uh, you had made the suggestion, actually not on the podcast, but we were talking about mm-hmm. this, I think a week ago, that you were in oh, a program yeah. where it talked about intentionally choosing right. two people right. to mentor. Right. And I think that's a great approach. It's not a institutionalized program, right. it's more organic, but... If people took on that challenge, mm-hmm. I think it could be. Actually, this particular group does does that formally. Okay. Like they send you, um, it's it's if gathering, um, if equip or something, and if you sign up, then you commit to do to mentor two people. And it's, I mean, you don't have to like submit any forms and submit names and say these are the people, anything like that. But they'll send you monthly. Um, Topics and questions and things to go over with with your mentee or your disciple, yeah. whatever. I mean, what it. I what I would love to see is that that each one of us. This is my little ideal dream scenario. Each one of us would say, "Okay, here's a couple people like the guy that um, you invited to Easter who rejected you." But let's just say you thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I always got to come back to that. <laughs> but if you invite this person, like we talked about. A few weeks ago, you invite this person to come to church, they come, mm-hmm. and then you help them get connected into the life of the church. But then you continue to work with that person right. and you grow them and you apprentice them and you sponsor them mm-hmm. on a walk to Emmaus or you invite them to a retreat or you meet with them for coffee. And then what we'll talk about this next coming Sunday is sending them out into the right. mission field. But for if each one of us brought a person or two through that entire mm-hmm. cycle, I think that's when the when the church grows, and that's kind of what you see with the um, uh, with Barnabas and Timothy, right? I mean, Paul and Timothy. Well, this past Sunday, um, looking around, it looked like some people took 
the uh, the seven challenges last week and implemented them. I know I did. I was the furthest one. I parked in the grass, which is saying a lot since know, you repaved you the parking lot. I even took a picture. Took a picture <laughs> yes. to prove it. I think we need to have a contest to see who can far, park out the farthest. So, so I did that, and I also sort of scooted in toward the middle, uh-huh. outside of my assigned seat that I'd given myself. I did too. I, did, I didn't park in the grass, no. but I parked far. And then I also scooted into the center of the row. And we talked to a visitor in Sunday school. We didn't pray for her. No, I did not offer to pray for her, but no. I did talk to her. So, which is good because yeah. that's, that's, that's a lot. Right. I mean, that's three out of seven. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. I sang loud too. I always sing. Four out of seven. Four. What were the other ones? Um, uh, talk, invite, uh. Oh no! We also with the with the the new visitor that we uh-huh. talked to, I introduced her to. Oh you, mm-hmm. uh, Missy. Right. So you. So introduce was number seven. So that's. Man, you're up to like five out of seven. Wow! So I'm a, winning. Yep, that's probably a B. <laughs> so that's pretty good. All right. Okay, so it's time to wrap up. We hope that this conversation inspires you to walk by faith on all of the days and not just Sundays. 